Welcome to the Destiny Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For information about this podcast and other resources, visit destinydayton.com. Amen, amen. Well, I just want to start off and say, man, I just love y'all so much, man. You know, um, being plugged into a body is very important. So um, if you are, with that being said, if you are a guest with us this morning, um, if you would take the connect card and the seat pocket in front of you and if you would fill that out and um, take it over to our new um, where the coffee area uh, is now in the community room and um, oh, back there. OK, still back there in the back. OK, so at the end of the service, if you would go to the back, turn that in, we have an awesome gift for you. And it's, it's just our way of saying thank you for being um, here with us this morning. Amen. So um, just going to jump right in this morning. As you can see, the title of today's message is The Good Shepherd. And my question for us all is, church, are we truly following the Good Shepherd? Do we know him and do he knows us? So I'm going to have you all stand to honor the reading of God's word. And we're going to be reading John chapter 10, verses 7 through 15. I will be reading out of the ESV translation. So when you're there, say, go blue. Oh, yeah, I, I, got, I got somebody. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. I heard that OH in there. Man. Uh, ain't none of that. Uh-uh. Amen. Verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go out and find pasture. Verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Come on, y'all. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd and who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches and scatters them he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep i am the good shepherd i know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and i know the father and i lay down my life for my sheep king jesus we thank you lord father i pray that your word will penetrate all of our hearts this morning Father, I pray that we truly leave this place today transformed. Father, I pray that we have not come here to check a box, but Father, I pray that we have came to encounter you, to be transformed by you. For your word says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus, have your way all across this place today. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand, whatever you want to do. Let's just say that, church, whatever you want to do, Lord. Whatever you want to do today, Jesus, we just say yes. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. So four ways we know if we're following the good shepherd. So just jumping right in here, point number one, we entered the door of Jesus. So let's look back over verses 7 and let's look back at verse 9. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. 
I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastors. Points to, uh, two through four won't make sense if we haven't even entered the door of Jesus. So we have to start here. Number one, we have to be all in for the king. We have to humble ourselves and surrender everything to him. So the rest of the points won't even make sense if we haven't done this first one yet. Just wanted to mention that. And also wanted to mention, and um, today in our time, and even back in Jesus' day, there are a lot of false vines out there, church. There are, there are a lot of false vines. So I just want to share um, last week in small group, uh, Sister Madison, the Lord has spoke to her a powerful vision, and I want to share that with you all this morning. So in this vision, the um, Lord showed her all these different vines, right? And right in the middle, she said it was like a gold, oh, excuse me. It was like a, a gold vine that was hanging like right down in the middle. Sorry, Sister, if I'm kind of butchering up the vision a little bit. Give me a little grace there. But it was, a, um, she said in the middle, the Lord showed her it was a gold vine hanging right down in the middle, and it was all these false vines. And church, we got to understand, there are a lot of false, right, false ways out there. But Jesus is right there in the middle, and all we have to do is reach out and grab it. But the difference is grabbing that gold vine, it comes with a price. That's our whole life. That's for us to completely surrender and humble ourselves See, all these other vines out here, yeah, they let you do what you want, live it up your way. You become your own God, if you will. But yet, that, those other vines lead to destruction. But the, the one and only true vine, Jesus Christ, he leads to life. Amen? And in John, uh, with that being said, in John 15, verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. So there it is. Jesus said, I am the true vine. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Church, Jesus is the only good shepherd. There are no others. I don't care how nice people are that's Buddhist. I don't care how nice people are that's Muslims. I have uh, friends that's Muslim and Buddhist. And I'm not saying this to throw shots, but however, I'm saying Jesus is the way, period, point blank. Church, let us never compromise because we have friends that's following those false paths. That's what they are. Let us not begin to compromise because we have family members that's in it. We can't begin to look at it from our earthly view. Let's look at it from God's view. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We can't begin to be softened on that note of thinking like, oh, well, maybe there are other paths. Just because my brother is a Muslim, maybe, it's, maybe that way is okay. Let us never compromise because when we do that and we begin to teach that, we're held accountable for that. That blood will be on our hands. And with that being said, we're hearing that a lot now, even in the church, sadly. We see it on Facebook. We see it on YouTube, Instagram, whatever ground. We're seeing it everywhere. And... Family, I'm here to tell you that is a lie right from Satan's crusty mouth. It's a lie. Amen? Yeah, his mouth crusty. That's right. And that, that is a lie right from his mouth. Come on. Come on. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, come on. And once again, Jesus is the only way, period, point blank. 
So we have to get that like really drilled into our hearts and our minds. There is no other way. You see some of these um, pastors and different teachers, they get on um, CNN and all these different talk shows and they begin to compromise. Like, wait, well, maybe there, are, maybe there is another way. Maybe, I mean, that's, it's a lie, man, and it's doing so much damage. Jesus is the only door to salvation. There is no other door. And point number two, we don't entertain thieves or robbers. So let's look back over verse eight. All who come before me, Jesus says, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Church, my question is, do we listen to thieves? And the other question is, who are the thieves that Jesus was referring to? Glad you all asked. So if we go back a chapter, we learn that the thieves and robbers that Jesus are referring to were the Pharisees. In chapter 9, the Pharisees had just threw out a man that was blind. They threw him out the synagogue because he was healed by Jesus. The Pharisees were so pro-religion that they were anti-God and didn't, and didn't even realize it. We have to be careful, church, that that's not us. The Pharisees, for the most part, had the mindset of, look at us. We know how to sound extra spiritual when we pray. We have the first couple books of Torah memorized. But in reality, they were dead on the inside as we read in Matthew 23, verse 27. Jesus said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but are full of dead people's bones and all, all uncleanness. So let's think about that. I mean, they look good. They had the, the kooji, uh, you know, robes and all that. You know, they, they look fly, right? But on the inside, they were dead. In church, we have to be careful that that's not us. And Jesus calls them thieves and robbers. Let's keep that in mind. The Pharisees were the thieves that were leading people into a daily religious lifestyle. But the blind man who encountered Jesus was completely wrecked and transformed. He entered the door of Jesus that forever changed his life. We must be careful of religion. Religion will still kill and destroy us, but Jesus brings life to us. Amen? Amen. So, you know, I love how when, when Pastor Eric always say we're not here to check a box, and that's what the Pharisees did. They robbed so many people and stole from people because they had this form of godliness, but it had no power. No power at all, period, right? And if we're not careful... We can become those thieves and robbers that's out here stealing from other people. We're robbing them from encountering Jesus. And if we truly are his sheep, we shouldn't walk that way. We shouldn't listen to thieves and robbers. Amen? So we must watch out because there are modern-day Pharisees. We see it within the church. We see it on Facebook. We see it on YouTube. There are a lot of people that has that religious mindset. It's here. We'd be in denial if we say it's not going on today. Like, oh, that was only for Jesus. They know it's going on today. Heck, we have to make sure that there's not a Pharisee living on the inside of us. We got to drag that ugly, that ugly thing out, and we got to humble ourselves and give it to the king. We see a lot of people that claim to love God, that claim to love Jesus, but their lifestyle doesn't match it. 
Sadly, in America, it's a checkbox mentality on Sunday and go back to sin on Monday. Sadly, that's what, that's what the church looks like in America. And we have to do better. If we truly have entered the gate, right, and if we're truly not following thieves and robbers, then we have to look different. Amen? We shouldn't look like the world. Now, I'm not saying it's not times where we slip and bump our head. I'm not saying that because it says in 1 John, if you sin, John said, he didn't say when, he said if, then we know we can come to the king and repent. But not when, let's get rid of that when. And what's going on as a result of that, the world is more attractive to religion and thieves and robbers than they are to Jesus because we have been doing a poor job at representing our king. Point number three, we can spot a hired hand. Let's look back over verses 12 through 13. He who is a hired hand and, and not a shepherd who does not, who, who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So let me make one thing clear here. Even though Jesus was referring to a like a um, actual hired hand, like in those days, people would hire someone to watch over their sheep while they, you know, went to Cedar Point or something. I don't know where they were going. While they went away, right? <laughs> went to a Michigan game. I don't know. But while they went away, they would have a hired hand watch their sheep. However, every verse has one many, one many, and uh, many applications. So we can apply here that also the enemy can send hired hands into our life that can lead us to destruction. Let's keep that in mind. So there's a big difference between thieves and, thieves and robbers and hired hands. Thieves and robbers is more easier to point out. That's, you can see that quickly, like, oh, that person oh, is religious, this and that. But a hired hand, however, is more sneaky, and it takes more discernment for us to be able to tell. Hired hands will stick around like they care. Heck, they may even be around for years, but when stuff gets real and the wolves and life storms come, they're gone. Hired hands can be friends, people in the church, even family members. You know, growing up on the west side of Dayton, sadly, I have lost a lot of people who I call friends because people that was in their lives killed them. Just to share one story, it was a guy um, had been hanging out with this person, I'm talking 10 years, 10 years plus, right? And this person set him up and had him shot in the back of the head. Somebody that they knew for 10 plus years, right? This person knew the danger was coming and he left, didn't say nothing to his friend and let him get killed. Spiritually, we have to watch out for people like that in our lives because they are around. And if we are truly in a secret place, if we spend time in a prayer closet, we would know who those people are. The Lord will reveal it to us and tell us, hey, you got to cut those people off. Amen. Amen. So if we truly have entered the door of Jesus, we will hear his voice and know when we have encountered a hired hand. Church, Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, it reads, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will, he will not leave you nor forsake you. 
Do not fear or be dismayed. Higher hands will bounce on us in a heartbeat, but Jesus never will. And I know it can be painful with cutting off people that's been in our life for years. I know it can be sad at times, but we, it's important, church, that we do that. Because if it's people that's in our life, even blood, you know, or friends that's been there for 15 years, if the Holy Spirit is putting on, putting on our heart to cut those people off, we have to do it. We have to be obedient. It's sad when we see so many people within the church that falls away. And often when we investigate, it's oftentimes where you see they started listening to this friend. They started listening to this other Christian. And our reality was a hired hand that was sent from Satan. Because remember, Jesus said the hired hands don't care. When the wolf come, they're gone. But Jesus, he would never leave nor forsake us. And point number four. He knows us and we know him. Let's look back at verse 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for my sheep. And let's read uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So notice Jesus said here, I never knew you. He didn't say you never knew me. He said, I never knew you. So have you ever been in like a real embarrassing moment? Like, okay, say you know someone. So I'm going to use Pastor Eric, for example. So I know Pastor Eric, and I'm, say I'm talking to someone at a park, and I bring up Pastor Eric. And they're like, oh, yeah, man, I, I know, yeah, I know, I know, you know, I know Pastor Eric. I know him, this and that. I'm like, okay, man, what's your name? My name Brandon. Okay. And then when I come back to Pastor, like, hey, man, I met this dude named Brandon. He said he know you. Oh, man, uh. He may know me, but I don't know him. I mean, so now when I go back to that person, I, you know, see him again or whatever, like, hey, man, he, he said he don't know you. I mean, I, I know him. He know me, but he said he don't know you, right? Well, that may be a little funny, but we have to look at that the same way with the Lord, with Jesus, because we may know him, but do he know us? See, let's look around today in our culture. A lot of people know Jesus. Oh, I know, I know who that is. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one we go to church on Easter. Oh, yeah, when we, when we go on Christmas, oh, yeah, I, I know him. Yeah, he, he died for our sins. Yeah, I know him. But do he know you? Do he know me? That's the question we really have to ask. And I'm not trying to just, like, sound harsh up here, man, but this wrecked me first, and I'm just putting on um, you guys' heart what the Lord laid on my heart. So... Do we know the Lord full-time or part-time? Part-time knowing Jesus will lead to him not knowing us. And it may also lead to us being deceived by hired hands. Like I was saying earlier, if we don't spend time in a secret place, in a quiet place, we can be easily deceived. People can, you know, what, what really kind of 
irritates me a little bit. I'm just going to be honest. When somebody just meets somebody, oh, man, that person cool. You don't, you don't even know them. You, you just met them. What you, what you mean that person cool? This person can, can literally cause destruction in your life. You know, I, now could a person end up being cool? Yeah, it's a chance, but get to know the person first. Spend time with the Lord and figure out what this person's motives are. Amen? If Jesus really knows us and we know him, we shouldn't have problems knowing his voice. See, we hear a lot in the church today, oh, I'm having problems hearing from the Lord. Why? If we really know him and he knows us, like, why do we have problems? Now, I'm going to share this story real quick. I'm going to pick on Caleb. Yep. Pick on Caleb real quick. So Caleb works at Fuyao with me and Carla, and um, he works on third shift. So what Caleb likes to do, he likes to sneak up on me. And he gets me, I mean, I don't know, at least about 10 times. You would have thought by now I would know, but he, he keeps getting me. So the reason why I'm sharing this story, because every time he sneaks up on me, he changes his voice. I'm, I'm going to try to mimic it. He'd be like, hey, yo, bro. Oh, like, oh, man. So and it's, it's funny because I look up and I see these big, you know, diesel arms. I'm like, okay, self-defense mode activated. Like some, somebody, somebody trying to cause me some harm, Lord. I mean, hey, I got to defend myself. And I look and it's Caleb. So, but however, Jesus would never disguise his voice. When he speaks, it will always line up with his word. So really, when we hear, come on, amen, let's get the Lord a hand, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when he speaks and it don't line up with his word, it's simple. We would know it was the enemy. Or, you know, it could have been our flesh because we do have our flesh as well. Every single time Jesus speaks to us, it will line up with his word. Every time. Every single time. It would never be a time that the Lord would speak something that doesn't line up with what he says what, or what his word says. So let's keep that in mind. So from now on, when you go home, you pray, we encounter the Lord. If something sounds way off, it didn't come from him. We shouldn't have to sit there like, man, I wonder if that came. I'm hearing to go jump off the roof. Okay, Lord, do you want me to? Like, come, come on, man. Hey, we, we don't find that nowhere in his word, right? I mean, you hear people say all sorts of crazy things, man. Like, oh, I'm supposed to leave my wife and go move to Italy. Like, the Lord told you to do that? Really? Like, come on now, man. Like, or the Lord told me to um, just drop everything, uh, everything cold turkey and go to Africa. Did he really tell you that? Or was you watching a movie on Africa and you decided you want to go? You know, <laughs> hey, just, hey, just saying, man, just, just keeping it real. Every time the Lord speaks to us, it will line up with his, with his word. So today in closing, I want to close with reading a couple verses from the book of Acts. Because Jesus came true enough to die for our sins. That's true. He came to conquer the grave. That's true. To defeat the enemy. That's true. However, he came, he came to leave us the promise, the gift, the Holy Spirit. And if we really want to be able to walk this life out in power that goes along with all, four, with all four of those points, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And today I want to take a, like some, some serious time, man, and let's literally go after the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's go after the Holy Spirit because I believe he wants to fill 
every single person in this room and he wants to refill for those of us that's already been filled. So those of us that's been filled, oh, I already got, nah, you, we can be refilled. We can use some more. Come on. So Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. And he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And let's jump over to Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had, found, had fully come, they were all with one accord. Let's focus on that word, with one accord. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and no, and, and one set upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Jesus wants to fill us all, church, with his Holy Spirit. And I just want to take time and let's go after that this morning. Whatever restaurant Whatever plans we have, it can wait. We have came here this morning to encounter the king. Please do not be in a rush to go. I believe all of us are here for a reason this morning. And if you haven't been filled yet, don't be discouraged. So I'm going to have uh, everyone stand. Brother, if you can have some music come up. And I'm going to have, uh, Pastor Eric, can you bring the, put the salvation banner right in the middle? Or Brother Dylan, thank you. I'm not going to ask um, anyone to bow their heads or close their eyes. Because if we can't serve the king, if we can't lay everything down and hear what everybody watching, we won't serve him out there. So if you're here this morning, and you have not encountered the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have not fully surrendered. I want you to come up right here in the middle. I want you to come up. The enemy is a liar. For the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Give your life to him right here, right now. So if that's you, I invite you to come up right here to the middle. And just begin to cry out to him. I'm not going to lead you in some prayer. You come up, humble yourself, cry out to the Lord, accept him, receive him fully, completely, 100% surrender. To repent means to turn away. Repent is not a 360, it's a 180. You turn and you go the other way. So if that's you, come up. I invite you. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come up. Don't worry about who's watching. Come on, if we can't do it in here, we would never do it out there. And if you're here this morning and, um, man, you feel like, like, man, I've been seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's just, it seems like I, I keep trying and I keep trying and nothing is happening. I invite you to come up. This pastor, okay. I invite you to come over to where Pastor Eric is and go after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
Come on, man. Don't like, don't, don't wait. Don't wait. Come on. Come on. He wants to fill us all. Amen. Come on. And if you're here this morning and you need a healing, it may be spiritual. It may be mental. It may be physical. Come over here to Brother Dylan. Don't wait. The Lord wants to heal our minds. He wants to heal us spiritually. In every way, the Lord wants to heal us. So I'm going to need some um, pastors, wives, deacon wives to come up and uh, help out. And for the rest of us, man, let's, let's just pray. Come on, all across this place, let's just lift our hands. Hallelujah. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. If you got to go, I understand. But I really strongly encourage everyone to let's just linger in his presence. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. This message and other resources are available at DestinyDayton.com.